right, so first of all, Ross, thank you so much for, for joining me today and Pleasure. getting in front of our audience. Uh, I did a quick survey prior to uh, you walking out here, and I was surprised how many people are here for their first ever Cambridge House event, which is amazing. Um, and as a consequence, I wanted to back up a little bit. Today, I want to dive into your outlook on a few metals. I want to talk about the gold sector. We've heard from a lot of newsletter writers and analysts and investors, but as a company builder, you're going to have a unique perspective and see different angles that others aren't seeing and that therefore we haven't heard today or yesterday. Um, you built world-class companies in copper and silver, in gold, in renewable energy. Uh, you're a recipient of the Canadian Mining Hall of Fame, a recipient of the Order of Canada, an amazing recognition. Um, give, us the, uh, give us the highlight reel, Ross. Here's the first question I want to ask for you. 45 years, you've seen every kind of market, up, down, sideways, prolonged bears, over-the-top bulls, all of this. What advice would you have to an investor who's just figuring out how to weather the volatility and weather the storms in the resource market? Buy low, sell high. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to, I mean, I, the, my problem is now I can go off on these long-winded you know, answers to a simple question like that. Um, I guess after all this you know, long career in this industry, um, the one abiding thing that investors sort of forget is that it's cyclical. You know, you have, you have this, this sine wave like that. You have highs and you have lows and they're kind of predictable. When things look toppy, they, they are, and they're gonna go down and that's the time to sell. And then when everybody's crying in the street and there's fear and there's, there's hate for the sector, that's the time to be buying. And, and really that's what I've built my career around. You know, forming companies that are out of fashion, commodities that are out of fashion, acquiring assets at that time, and then watching the run when things turn. Bull markets feed on themselves until they run out of gas and then they turn into bear markets. Bear markets feed on themselves until they run out of gas and then they start going up. So, so that's the, to me, that's one of the biggest trends that investors, you know, have to remember in this industry. Things don't stay good for forever and things don't stay bad forever. And I think we've had an example just in this last year. 2022 was an absolutely god-awful year for, for, for many things, metals, uh, especially the middle, late part of the year, and equities, equities especially. Why are equities so, so out of uh, sync with the actual fundamentals of the metal business? I, there's a whole bunch of reasons, but they are. It's just been a, it, 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 last year and, and even now, it's a great time to be buying equities because we are through a bear market and I, and I think we're going into a, a really fabulous bull market where we could have really an explosive rally in the juniors. Really explosive. This could be a historic time coming up. Now, I got to ask you to, uh, what do you see that validates that thesis for you? And I, I want to bring up maybe 2020 gold, the gold market was on fire. A lot of investors piled in and got a bit too aggressive when the next two years occurred. So what do you see today that gives you the confidence that this market has legs and longevity? Okay, so I'm going to split um, this discussion between the metals and the equities, right? Because they're very different beasts. They're very different beasts, they're different equity. Equities have different investment capital pools that get involved in them and, and so do the metals. But let's start with the metals because the metals will be the kind of the fundamental underpinnings of why we're going to have an equity bull run, I think, uh, coming up. Let's look at the metals. Um, 
And I have to say, in all of my career, I don't think there's been a more um, interesting time than right now for, for mining and mining metals in my entire career. It is, there are synchronous bullish conditions for virtually all metals, not every single metal, but almost all metals today, including precious metals, including base metals, including ferrous metals, non-ferrous metals, uh, rare earth elements, just about every single metal on the periodic table is in a good place right now where people want them, uh, demand is increasing, supply is not increasing by and large. So you have this wonderful, wonderful time today when almost all metals are in a bullish trend. On the other side, you have equity markets where, you know, for various reasons, equity markets had a terrible year last year, major markets and junior markets especially. Well, a little bit of money flowing because of the bullish fundamentals in the metals into the equity markets in the juniors and intermediates and even the majors in the mining sector, you're going to see this great rally. And I think that's yet to come, particularly in the juniors, but it's just, I just think it's a coiled spring right now. And so on the, on the supply and demand economics of what you just discussed, you know, and that's incredibly bullish to hear you say that about, you know, base metals, precious metals, almost entirely. Um, What's the cause, Ross, on the supply side? Is it underinvestment? We've had a decade where the industry has been starved of capital. It's been tough to find new stuff. You know, what are the, what are the causes that have created this imbalance? Well, the mining industry is a really tough game. I mean, it's really, and, and it's a tough game getting tougher. You, you know, you could, you could, you could, I could spend an hour here talking about the different risks in the mining game. And we're seeing a lot of that come to play today. Between technical risks, uh, exploration risk, financing risk, you know, construction risks, those are sort of the easy things. But the tough thing today is, 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 is social risk and government risk. Um, and, you know, so many countries today are, are being tougher on, on mining companies, there being more economic nationalism going on. Uh, you have a lot more entitlement of people in communities. Uh, social media is giving a lot of people a podium who are idiots and who are, who are anti-miners generally and they're, and they're raising all kinds of, 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 of strife amongst companies trying to do the right thing. So, so mining projects are, are more difficult. Uh, supply is challenged because of that almost across the board. Uh, it's very hard to get a permit. It's very hard to build a new mine. And even if you build a new mine, the way, say, First Quantum is just done in Panama, one of the world's biggest new copper mines, it's getting a terrible shakedown by the government of Panama right now, and they're threatening to close it. This is the world's, one of the world's biggest copper mines that just got built, $6 billion construction. So, you know, countries are just being tough on, on, on mining uh, projects. Communities are being tough on them. People are more entitled. Um, people think they have views, and they're causing, uh, they're causing mining companies to have all kinds of grief. So that is affecting supply. Things are taking longer to build. They're more expensive to build. Inflation doesn't help. Um, and, and pools of capital are smaller today than they used to be. So it's for, for mining projects because of, uh, of various ESG reasons, just like they are for oil and gas pools, capital pools. So, so that's going to affect supply. And if you look at something like gold, today uh, the gold supply in 2022 was actually, the total gold supply was marginally higher than it was in 2014 despite the fact that you've had increase in demand every year. Right. And all of this is meaning that prices will be higher longer. Okay, that's, that's a good segue, because I wanted to ask you about time horizon. And when you consider your bullish outlook for metals like copper, 
Um, how do you balance long-term catalysts and short-term catalysts? Meaning in the West here, we look at what are the drivers of copper? You know, in terms of making headlines, often things like Tesla come up, uh, electric vehicles, battery technology, the infrastructure for renewable energy, which is significant, also subject to you know, a recession if this occurs in the next couple of years. Simultaneously though, there's massive drivers like the fact that a billion people on the planet don't even have electricity yet and they're definitely going to get it. Another two billion that have intermittent access, they're definitely gonna get that improved. And so when you consider your bullish outlook over a long time horizon, how do you factor in and how do you balance the short-term disruptions that may occur and how do you balance your mindset through that process? Well, I don't really think too much about short term because this game is a long term game. Yeah. And, and I think especially in the mining business, as if you're a miner, you have to think long term. You can't think you can't get distracted by the noise that, that goes month to month or even even sort of one year to two years. You've got to think long term. You know, but what, one of the reasons, I mean, and don't forget too, I'm, I'm a kind of a pathological optimist. I mean, you have to be if you're in this business a long time. Uh, and and you, 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 you're always looking, you're always trying to beat the, beat the sentiment. You're always trying to be a bit of a contrarian, you know, buy things that are out of favor. You know, when, when, when everybody wants to sell, you want to be buying and vice versa. You've got to kind of play that game. But right now, if you, if you step back and look at what's going on right now, uh, we have this incredible energy transition that's going on. And that is driving the most extraordinary things that I've never seen in my career. It's driving demand for all manner of metals. And you could really go down the periodic table and say, you know, between, you know, like you just name it, um, um, you know, copper, nickel, cobalt, sulfur, iron, phosphate, aluminum, manganese, um, vanadium, graphite. You know, it's just all these strange metals that nobody's ever heard of. But there's great new demand potential. And of course, let's not, let's not forget lithium. Uh, things that didn't even exist as, as, as commodities of interest 10 years ago. And, and, and yet today, not only are they increasing in price, not only are they increasing demand, but the world wants them. And you have governments in Canada and governments in the United States throwing hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars at companies exploring for these so-called critical metals. Well, copper, you know, it's not exactly a new metal, but man, its fundamentals are fabulous because it is the ultimate commodity that's used in energy generation, transmission, and end use. And its demand fundamentals are fabulous. Silver, same thing. Who would have believed, you know, that silver, um, when, when I started the silver game in the early 90s, digital imaging was just coming and, and the biggest use of silver was for photography. Everybody said, you know, forget silver. Its, its biggest use is, is, going to, is going to disappear. But guess what, its biggest use is today. Its biggest use today is for photovoltaic cells. So silver is a huge beneficiary of this energy transition into clean energy. Rare earth elements, nobody even heard of rare earth elements which are neither rare nor earths, but they're in great demand today. And so, so you've got this wonderful um, transition happening. And then let's not forget gold, a completely different set of fund demand fundamentals. Why is gold uh, it going to blow it through its previous uh, high, I think, this year? Because people understand now its role as money. And, and it's got this great new demand from many places who want to get off the dollar and onto something more fundamental like gold. I just love those fundamentals when you have, in all cases, these supply constraints. Right, these constraints to increase in, so whenever you have anything, it doesn't matter if it's silver or soybeans, if you have increase in demand and static or declining supply, you're gonna have a higher price. And if you have higher prices in metals, 
you want to be in the game, looking for those metals, mining those metals, taking advantage of this wonderful, synchronous series of demand supply fundamentals that we see today. I don't know, did I answer your question? You, you nailed it, actually, yeah. And, uh, you know, I loved your, your first statement out the gate was, I don't worry about the, the short term, right? And I think that's so valuable because, you know, it's, uh, it's important to understand what kind of investor you are. And if you're an investor, you're investing in the asset, not trading the share price. And trading the share price is what keeps you up at night. And that's how people get wiped out. It's very tough to do that. Uh, Investing is different, right? You're looking at the asset underneath the share price, and, and that's what Ross is describing. And that's how you don't lose sleep over the short-term volatility if you are familiar with your time horizon, right? Your time horizon isn't six months, right? It's much longer than that. It's a long, patient game, but one with substantial upside. Um, okay, I want to segue into gold now because I want to talk about Equinox Gold. You're the chairman of Equinox Gold. You claim this will be your last company, right? So it's named after your first company, so you bookended that well. Uh, it's very rare you get the opportunity to invest in an entrepreneur like Ross. Equinox Gold is still in the early days. What inspired you to launch this company right now? Seven producing gold mines right now in the Americas. Yeah, and we're just getting started. So walk my audience through the opportunity, Ross, and what you're building and why. Sure. I mean, it's, it's a kind of a simple story. It is my last company. I, I absolutely love gold. I love the fundamentals and I love the ease in which you can actually build a gold mining company. And the opportunity today to go big in gold is very real and very important from the market. You get actual value by building scale today, more than you ever have in my career. So, um, so off we went. We're just celebrating our fifth year today. And we had uh, our first few years were fabulous. Last year was a rocky year. It, and this, this is a, a good example of, you know, every single one of my companies that I've ever built that have been operating companies, they always hit kind of walls. They hit these tough times and getting over them is a big challenge. But once you get over them, you can really see the, 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 the long-term picture. And it's, it's, a, it's a, if you get to this point that you have sustainable revenue, sustainable production, uh, and I truly mean sustainable many, many years, you know, you get over that wall and then you can see a long ways and it's, it's pretty happy. Pan American did that, my renewable energy company did that, and I think Equinox is on the verge of doing that. But it's not a one-way, it's not all up. I mean, you, you know, it's a tough game. And we had all sorts of obstacles last year that were kind of one-off obstacles, plus a lot of skepticism that, the, that we could build a mine in Ontario that we're building right now on time and on budget because nobody else has done it in 10 years. And, and we said we would be able to do it, and the market said, no, you're not, not only are you not going to be able to do it, you're going to run out of money doing it, you're going to have to finance. So there was all this nervous stuff and, and, and predictions of, of, of sort of all these armchair experts that we, weren't going, to, we were going to hit a wall. And, and um, so it was a tough year. We had blockades of mines, we had, you know, we had permit problems. That's just the nature of mining. It's a tough game. And my answer to that is have a diversified portfolio, go big have this long-term cash generating business where you can sustain these kind of issues that always come up in the, in the, in the business. It's just, that's, that's the nature of the game these, these, these days. It's a, it's a very tough game. Um, and, and so you, you get over that risk by, by, by having a broad base of, of assets in many countries. And that's really what, what Equinox is doing. So Equinox is kind of halfway there, I'd say. We're about halfway there to what I can really see as the, the, the first metric of real success which is building a company that's going to produce around a million ounces a year, right. and 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 doing that that at much lower cash costs and operating costs than we're than we're mining at today. So that's what we're working on very actively. We have a good portfolio, a fabulous management team. We have all the capital we need, despite the the you know the the doubter, doubting Thomas is out there, 
and uh, and we're just putting our heads down and, and doing it, and we're showing the market we're we're going to be able to get there very successfully in Ontario and everywhere else. So that's that's just basic corporate development, um, putting your head down, working hard, um, making sure you've got enough capital to to execute your plans and and telling the truth and and working on all the ESG stuff. It's very important these days. Looking after your workers, looking after your community, looking after the environment, mm -hmm. building those right into the fundamental building blocks of how you build an operating company these days. That's the story. I love that. And thanks for sharing the uh, the harder moments, right? Because that's what we were largely talking about. How do investors do that? Manage the volatility and the, the down years they occur and even a commodity super cycle. I'm just going to add one little thing that, that speaks to what you were talking about, about, about investors thinking and, and, and timelines. So I'll take you back to November last year. Equinox put out its third quarter results, which were god-awful, uh, high costs. We had production problems at three of our five, seven mines. And, you know, and there was a flight to the exit. It was just this, this horrible, horrible uh, you know, decline in the share price. I forget where it started, but it ended up like the low of three bucks, three bucks US, I think. And, and, you know, it, it, it was such a knee-jerk kind of a sell on, on bad news reaction. But it was the dumbest thing investors could have done. Because, you know, we've popped 50% from that bottom, 50 or 60% from the bottom. And that was predictable. So, so I guess it's just a, a message is, you know, when there's blood on the street, look at that as a golden buying opportunity. And, and, and try to overcome your fear and get in there. And those are the kind of times when real money is made when you buy off that, off that, that, that news that, that other short-term speculators maybe are selling into. And that's what buying low, selling high means. It means, I mean, it's hard to do. It's hard to go hard against to the herd, against general intuition that everyone's running from the, from the fire. I'm gonna run into it, right? But that's, I'm glad that you described that. Um, look, you know, Rick Rule is an absolute legend in this business and a name that I'm sure all of you are familiar with. He's been on the stage about seven times thus far and he's not done at this conference. You know, he's told me countless times if he could replay his career, he would only bet on the same three or four entrepreneurs. And if he had done that, he would have made 10 times as much money and only worked half as hard. Success begets success. When you find the right entrepreneurs, you stick with them. And uh, Ross, you're that guy. So thank you so much for coming on stage today. Equinox is thank in the trade show. Much. Go talk to them. Thanks again. Thanks a lot, Jay. If you enjoy my content, do me a favor. Follow or subscribe to this podcast. Drop me a rating and a review and share this with a friend. All of these things allow me to get bigger and better guests on the show. Now you can catch me all over social media at jmartinbc. Thanks for tuning in.